0: What is the Podcaster Matrix? The Podcaster Matrix is your source for podcast media hosting. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at PodcasterMatrix.com.
1: Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a chronicle of the findings of a crack team of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. This is the
2: detailed review of those chronicles. Set your life model decoy to take care of life's business for now. It's time for another episode of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast from Two Guys Talking. Funny how the 1960s got skipped, but it's never too funny to go back and see the grandeur of the 1970s. While you may think that it was all elevator shoes and bell-bottom pants, shag carpeting and roller skates, there's a lot more that's encapsulated inside this most recent time-traveling episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's time for the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, a complete, detailed, and always educational review of each and every episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC and Hulu streaming. This time, Season 7, Episode 5, A Trout in the Milk. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts.
0: And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, the other host.
2: Nick, some quick housekeeping. What's going on in the comics? Nick, we're on the cusp of jumping into a whole new MCU engine, for lack of a better term, for the next phase of of what's going to happen with the characters there.
0: Well, if uh, if movie theaters ever open up again.
2: True. Uh, is there anything inside of S.H.I.E.L.D. that's metamorphosizing inside of the comics to accommodate what's going on either inside of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or the MCU?
0: S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't exist in the comics anymore. It's gone. It's been dissolved. Hmm. It's a defunct organization. Interesting. Any other questions?
2: No, I think you've made it completely irrelevant. Great work.
0: Just like this show, S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't exist.
2: And just like that, poof,
0: it was gone. Even though the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. have been going around doing missions both publicly and in private, in the Marvel Universe movies, uh, after Captain America Winter Soldier, uh, you got nothing. Wow. Because we don't care. The movie people say, well, we can't do anything with the TV stuff, so, eh oh well, and because the movie people and the TV people are owned by the same people who also own the comic people, I guess they decided, well, if S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't exist in the movies, mm, why why, why should we care about what it does for the TV show? And they got rid of it.
2: Uh, That's very interesting, and I think that's probably the first call to the audience of everybody that's listening to this show. You obviously have some vested interest in the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., let us know what you think of what Nick has just shared here by going over to our website over at agentsofshield.tv. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you think. Animal feelings? Really? Nick, I just got done producing a very interesting podcast over at the Animal Academy podcast with Allison White. And I got to tell you, if you were to tell me that there are actual animal behaviorists, I would have thought we were inside of a interesting episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or something. But they're there. And they're incredibly rare. There's only 85 of them on the planet. And producing that most recent episode and listening to the ladies speak, it's tremendous. For those of you that have pets and wonder about the issues or the quirks that your pets have, we're going to link up this episode because I think you're going to find some very interesting traits, and details that are featured inside this episode that will change the way that you look at and interact with your pets. You can also listen to all of it after you listen to this podcast, of course, over at AnimalAcademyPodcast.com. Nick let's don the roller skates, toss on the giant spectacles, and groove into the 1970s during this next episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC and Hulu Streaming.
3: Sponsored by Acoustica's Mixed Craft Recording Software, Blogger's Bug, and the St. Charles Office Center.
2: The title of the episode. As much as you and I have talked about previous episode titles, jumping into colloquialisms and quirks, this one does a double dip here so much so that i i kind of was surprised that you didn't go and research it at all yeah so so we'll research it now
0: why are you surprised you're you're the one who's obsessed with language and words and as, things like that
2: as we dig into the as we dig deeper into the meaning of this episode if we look up What does a trout in the milk mean? Not surprisingly, it appears boldly inside of the Google results. And inside the first paragraph, it literally says, What does the phrase, a trout in the milk mean? It then reads, The meaning is, although you did not see the dairy farmer do it, he must probably dip the milk pail in the stream to water down the product. It's not direct evidence, but a very strong circumstantial case.
0: Well, people back in olden times did not trust the milkman.
2: Uh, Oh, fair. Unabashedly, the 1970s and a new title card. Not only a title card, but the entire opening credits are kind of that A-Team-esque.
0: A-Team, love boat, (laughs) fantasy island. It
2: was wonderfully done. It, it was wonderfully done. It was fun to see our heroes. It was fun to hear who I think was probably, it sounded like Deke, in just a different voice that Deke chose to put on inside of the credit read inside of this. And it, it was tremendous. It's going to go down in the lore of easily the most fun opening credits for a Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode.
0: And this goes into what we were talking about a few episodes back by saying, as long as the intro to the episode... Is the only thing that pokes fun at the wacky time travel the adventure, kitsch. right? Yeah, yeah. and we keep the story serious. This is how you can balance the the goofiness and the comic bookiness, yeah. But still have a serious show.
2: Yeah, and it, it's funny that you mentioned the the balancing act because there's at least four or five different Marvel films that I wish could do a better job of the balancing act.
0: Mm, yeah,
2: I, I think that a lot of them would benefit being able to do the balancing act better but still keep in in heart that this story about this guy that has a metal suit of armor flying through the air, it's a real story with real consequences and real people in it. Mm -hmm. I I wish that that could happen a lot more inside of a lot of what happens inside the MCU over the last, what, six years of the 10 or 12 that we're we're currently looking at backwards. Mm. There's a bunch of that har-har funny, isn't that funny chiding elbow in the gut stuff that I get, but I, uh, again, keeping that, that serious balance that there are things on the line here. I love that. And it's also a piece of why I love the, the tail end of this episode. I thought it was really brilliant. Revisiting Enoch, but not right now. Uh, this is great. I love that we wait until what? Three quarters of the way through the episode to actually go back to meet Enoch Well, rather than he's just tucked inside here as, Oh, hello. It's time to meet
0: me again. Well, I mean, they, they, they specifically go to Enoch. First, first mm-hmm. thing on the, on the agenda is let's get some clothes to blend in. Second thing on the agenda is let's go to the underground shield hideout where we're hoping Enoch has been, you know, cooling his heels for, oh, 40 years.
2: <laughs> the fun of production design this season. This would have been a production designer's dream. To go and be able to revisit all these times mm-hmm. and places, and you know, they, this may be a backlot, but damn, it's well done.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah.
2: like all of it, the the scenes with uh, LM Colson and May walking down the street, Daisy and Sousa walking down the street, interacting. I thought that was all wonderfully done and that you're, that you're able to play in this playground of different time spans inside of this program this season. It really must have been a Marvel haha to jump in and play as the production designer as this was being created.
0: Especially when you take that same backlot that you used when you were in 1931 and then dress it up 40 years later to where it looks familiar, but it's completely different.
2: Yeah with appropriate daylight and whatever mm-hmm. else that they used here again it's incredibly effective and also i would think incredibly cost effective yeah uh there's nothing like being able to dot the i's and cross the t's and save money and they did it wonderfully inside this episode um there's a lump on Siemens neck okay i i'm super curious I'm glad it isn't closed out and figured out inside this episode instantaneously. Right. It's a little bit of a draw across, but a very interesting turn of events inside this episode.
0: With everything that we have to worry about so far, here we go. We've got something else to worry about.
2: Total X-Factor, too. Inside of one of the solid pieces that you thought you had a puzzle piece on.
0: We're we're right. You, You figure, okay, well, the one thing that we don't have to worry about is Simmons because she knows what's going on even if she doesn't know how it's going on she knows what's going mm-hmm. on She's she's got us under everything's going to be under the, control the because,
2: constant in the episode or in the series and really. then we
0: find out oh oh contraire mon frere
2: <laughs> yeah this is tremendous and I can't wait to see where they're going to take it uh, knowing the brilliance that they had with all the Shrike stuff that they did last season in particular with the effects that they did with that I gotta tell you I can't wait I really can't wait Mac decides it's time to be the Mac daddy with Yo-yo. <laughs> this was fun and the territory that they that they graced inside this scene is so appropriate mm-hmm. yeah because what I didn't want to see was a you know a, a dark and smoky corridor where they then have a kiss and 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 luscious lovemaking ensues or something goofy. And we didn't have any of that. It was all very touching. It was all that. The charismatic relationship that I know I enjoy being able to see from both Mac and Yo-Yo, especially now that they've been separated by the time that they have been separated. Mm-hmm. I love being able to see the re-reminiscing of that. It, it, it felt very, very good.
0: Well, it's it's very adult. It's very appropriate. Yeah. It's, it's one of those relationships where, I mean, pretty much all last season we were all like, oh, come on, guys, get your act together. You know you're supposed to be together. And, I mean, like I said in a previous episode this season, Yo-Yo had a really hard season six. Mm-hmm. She went through a lot. And for her to reciprocate the the flirting from Mac and, and to be happy with it, uh, it makes me happy because, okay, maybe we have a little bit of hope for these two. Yeah. If they could ever find some time to – put the moves on each other. I mean, they might have been able to had the timeline not been screwed up because this was supposed to be a deserted S.H.I.E.L.D. base, and it wasn't.
2: Yeah, that's something else we're going to dig in deep here, too, is that the things that you expect or thought you would be able to see, it's all changed. There's nothing that is constant inside of here, and I think that's why being able to revisit this relationship that once was mm. something that it was a constant, I enjoy that. I, I, I love all the... I love all the flipping that they're able to do with the story elements inside this particular episode where we're expecting to see X and we don't get X, we get like H yeah, and P next to each other instead of there being something that we expect. I really like that inside this episode. And this is a piece of that. Stoner and Wilfred Malick? How
0: about that? The guy that is the living embodiment of this is Shield. Welcome to Shield. 70s Shield, <laughs> the living embodiment of 70s Shield. Yeah, I love the fact that we get a revisit from Patrick Woolburton in the guise of General <laughs> General Stoner.
2: You and you and I had talked about what kind of zany story could they possibly come up with to to reanimate this guy back when he
0: appeared in yeah. previously in the series. Well, here he is in in full form. I remember cuz we're watching and he's he's on all these videos walking people through the <laughs> yeah, lighthouse yeah, yeah. and we're like, I want this story here cuz yeah. if he was in charge of shield at some point in time, that must have been a crazy time. Super zany and we get to see it. It's in its
2: full glory. I love the kind of accidental authoritarian that he puts on when in reality he's just kind of milking the system to be the guy that he is inside yeah. of here, pushing the buttons and, and moving along everything on the board because it needs to be moved along. And I love being front and center for that. And, of, of course, being able to see Warburton come back and provide this this character and this presence, it's a tremendous
0: piece of this episode. But then we get the surprise that guess who's still alive and running things? Yeah. Freddy. Freddy Freddy's ancient. alive, yeah. and not only that, Both of his children are alive. (laughs) Holy crap, the timeline has totally gone off the rails. Totally skewed into this other direction. That's right.
2: And it's amazing. And it is a complete departure in regard to everything that, quote, we know. And I love it. And I think we're like 18, maybe 19 minutes in when we're finding out all this stuff. Yeah. So it's a tremendous front end load for this episode. Really well done. But ahead of schedule with Project Insight, very interesting. So we learned that Project Insight has suddenly been fast forwarded here inside the 1970s so that it doesn't happen with Helicarriers and inside the first Avengers film. It happens here inside of Glorious 1973. I love it. I love it all. This is where it's taking the the centerpiece of what we know as historical lore inside the Marvel universe and flipping it an, not only on its head but upside down, sideways, on a roller coaster back and forth. Oh, and by the way, here's a couple of characters you thought at least one of which was dead. Oh, and by the way, the father's still around. I love it. I love all of it.
0: Yeah, where this is concerned, it's now it's now at the point to where I I can't complain. That the show had no connection to the events of Infinity War <laughs> because now the timeline is completely puckered up. Yeah. To use a a, a polite term. I, I I don't know what to expect anymore. Because before I was like, okay, Ripple's not waves, ripples not waves, the Chronicoms have just made a whole crap load of waves. Yeah. How do you how do you fix this? Yeah, the Chronicoms are in the are in the
2: tank. And they're in the tank with that wave machine right. thing. And it's just a matter of the agents being able to survive and then hopefully play along and make things good.
0: I hope they and know how to surf.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I love it. And I, I think it's, uh, again, it goes back to the exactly what you were talking about where we kind of expected here's the realm of things that could happen because, of course, you know, the timeline can't be screwed with.
3: Right. Uh, out
0: the window. Yep.
2: <laughs> the conversation with LM Colson and Sousa and what ifs. This scene was entirely too short, but my god, is it impactful? Mm. It's fun to watch L.M. Colson, who has all of the history and knowledge and nostalgia bombness of the original Colson, interact with obviously who was one of his heroes, obviously is an icon of the Shield legacy, obviously is standing right in front of him. Yeah, it was brilliant, and the only way it could get better is if they started talking about what-ifs. Well, fine. We'll do that, too. So, again, a a tremendous scene here from both actors. I I love the guy that's Sousa. Mm -hmm. Uh, He he has not only come into his own inside this very short series of episodes, but he knows who that character is. And I love watching actors who not only understand and engender their character, but the people that convey that engenderment and that being of that character every time that they speak as the character it doesn't happen often, and it definitely doesn't happen in as short a period of time as what we've got inside this this season, all Right, but he's doing it, dude. He's doing it, and it's all there on the screen. It's
0: glorious. Well, I also like this scene for the fact that this is the beginning of Sousa's, I, I don't want to call it a breakdown, but definitely the not dealing with being out of his time period because... You think at the very beginning of the episode, you know, you think, oh well, he seems to be handling it very well. He's just, you know, keeping his eye on the mission. But as more and more things go wrong, he keeps, lo- he 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 slowly stops losing that veneer of professional. We can take care of this. It's you people don't know what the hell you're doing. Yeah. How can you yeah. even call yourself agents of Shield? Mm-hmm. That's not how we did it in my day. Yeah. And that progresses throughout the episode. But this is the scene that starts that. Because he really doesn't like the fact that, well, you guys leave so much to chance where in my day we did things by the book and got things taken care of. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoy the progression of his character in this episode because if he didn't have a reaction to being pulled out of his own time. Oh, and I by the way, you're not dead. Right. <laughs> I, I would have been like, well, what? Well, he's not a Superman. Right. He's not a robot. Yeah this has got to be affecting him and we get that we get that throughout this episode and i like it how it starts right here
2: yeah there's something else i meant to mention too that the outfit that he's got on is an outstanding suit i love the suit that he's got on i i just have one question Where exactly to get money to buy that suit <laughs> any takers
0: i'm sure the simmons, production designer simmons had a uh, uh, Currency. Cash? Yeah. Or cash reserves. Why not? Why not? Why not? If they knew they were going to be traveling through time, why not?
2: Stoner sure gives up intel quick. A stoner inside this scene with May. I get the feminine wiles of May are engaged, fine. But man, Stoner gives up the three year time span up real easy inside this episode.
0: Well, it's not like he's talking to a civilian, he's talking to a fellow SHIELD agent. You know, why Why wouldn't they share that information? Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure all of S.H.I.E.L.D. probably knows that it's not ready, mm-hmm. but they don't know exactly how ready. Now, this is a nice little party setting where they're celebrating, yeah, hey, it's going to happen. Well, you know, three years from now. It's also probably a way for him to flirt a little bit while still being professional because in it seems weird in this timeline because <laughs> if I'm remembering correctly – back in season five when we meet stoner in all those videos he seems very 70s laid back hey yeah and now it's like well you know because i'm your superior i cannot actually buy you a drink but i can flag down a server for i'm like it "It seems like there's a little bit this is in the 70s (laughs) that i i've seen movies and television about man i mean
2: well, it seems like a bit of his scruples is still left over.
3: Well, right, right. It hasn't so,
0: quite been peeled off like a scab. <laughs> so, with you know, the reciprocating of of information may be the only way he knows how to impress the ladies.
2: Very interesting. Yeah, I, I suppose that that is a show of confidence. Although I guess because let us he, not he forget, lie and
0: how would she know? Well, yeah, but let us not forget when they jump ahead three years ahead later on in the episode, he remembers her.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, I thought
0: I'd never see you again.
2: Well, and how could you forget the incredibly attractive...
0: Well, right, but they only spent maybe 10 minutes together, and this guy has been pining over her for three years? You, you've probably met at least one lady in your
2: life that, if you saw again, that looked exactly the same. Hmm? No?
0: Hmm? I, I mean, it's I'm, not like you're... I'm, attractive marri- I'm a married of... now, so no. No. I, I, no, I can it, neither confirm or deny that, It's Senator. not like
2: you're a, you're a time-hopping executive... Who then turned into a uh, tour, a virtual tour guide in the 1970s or anything.
0: But. As far as you know.
2: Gideon Malick, a young Powers Booth. Wow. This is fun. This is fun, and it's fun not because of, wow, look at that actor that's doing a great job of being Powers Booth. It's because we know where it goes. Right. And. I love the, the, the quicksand nature that they have created inside this episode where it's filled with things that we know is going to happen,
0: except that it doesn't happen. Or, or at least and, we know would have happened or did happen in a different timeline. Right. And
2: by the way, here, enjoy the screwball. Right. And I, I think that stuff like that is very, very emblematic of quality writing, especially in the last season of a program. I, I, and I dig it. They, they've completely got me. They've grabbed the little tendrils of each of these subject lines, and they've twisted them just a little bit enough that I care about all of it because, again, you and I both know, as does the audience, where it's supposed to go and what's supposed to happen. Or do we? A hanger, more story, and the next step. This is tremendous. This is something that, again, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has gotten right, what, 98% of the time, 99% of the time, where there is a pan into a room and then there's something CGI that's conjured, except it's spectacular.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: It's not kind of (laughs) good. It's not, it'll do. (laughs) It is spectacular. And I think when Yo-Yo and Mac look up into into the hangar, and they see the the initial construction elements of insight i th- i was blown away by that
0: i think the last time we laughed at any of the special effects done on the show i want to say season 4 when uh the build when, when a building was being blown up and oh director armed. director yeah, yeah. mace yeah was inside and the and the building falling down just looked ridiculous yeah i agree and i think that was the last time you and i ever kind of ribbed on this show for having lackluster quality when it comes to their their uh, their CGI effects because after that, everything, was, everything yeah. has been stellar.
2: And I don't know if it's because of some sort of budgetary jump or mm. just they want to make sure that the level of quality is at least this bar or better or whatever it is, but for those of you that are creating the show, I was awed at least several times inside this episode mm-hmm. and that was one of the first ones. A hit list of heroes. This is tremendous. You're going to laugh, but I did not have my glasses on while I was watching this episode. I left them in my car. And I'm like, oh, I guess I could go get my... No, I'm not going to bother doing that. So I
0: could not read the list. Who else was on the list? Did you see the list? Uh, the list was extremely small, and I have a very large TV, so yeah. I couldn't really make anything out until they actually zoomed in on a name, and the name was Bruce Banner. Mm. And then later on, they read off a couple of more names on the list. Mm -hmm. So one would believe that this list is pretty much comprised of anybody that's going to be a part of the next generation of S.H.I.E.L.D., and anybody that was going to grow up to be an Avenger. Mm. So I'm sure Natasha Romanoff's name was on there. Clint Barton's name was probably on there. They even said Nick Fury's name was on there. So, I mean, he, he was on the list. Bruce Banner... Agent Coulson probably was on that. Mm. Col- not only Coulson, but I can also bet Maria Hill was probably on that list. Mm.
2: Very interesting. I'm going to have to go back there, and that's actually another strange call of the audience. If you guys saw the list, because Mike was without glasses, idiot, and Nick just doesn't pay attention while he's watching the show, well, then you should send all of your input to us via our website over at agentsofshield.tv. Fill out the quick web form and let us know what you think. have you been to the river's edge who boy this is where the episode gets electric this is phenomenal because i love it when a series or an episode or a movie can set cards up and you know you know that the cards are going to or the dominoes are going to fall but you don't have any idea how they're going to fall right and they had me they they absolutely had me from the time we get the the note from malik where he literally says, right, but they'll be giving up their position. And I'm like, hmm, very interesting. And then all of the little story cadences and twists and turns and blah, and I had no idea where they were going until we get to the last several minutes of the episode even. Yeah. And I love that. I love that I can't deduce what's going on. And even though the last final pieces are... Conveyed, in fact, shown inside of this episode in just the last several minutes. What I don't get is that same assholeish read that I get from the freaking Sherlock Holmes films.
0: <laughs> You're still complaining about? I am those? still.
2: I haven't rewatched it yet, as uh, because I, I will fulfill my promise, just not yet. Anyway, the uh, even though we do get the treatment that would be like a Sherlock Holmes film, it wasn't. It was. It was perfect. It was absolutely delivered, 100% satisfaction, and I loved it. Come with me if you want to continue to exist. (laughs) Brilliant. Brilliant. And while some of you will quickly chide that and go, oh, ripping off Terminator again. I love this. I love this because it's a reintroduction to a character that I know both you and I love. Mm Mm-hmm. It, it is totally appropriate there's nothing goofy going on here and that Enoch decides to take that line and make it his own is even better I, I I adored this I thought it was a great piece of gel that brings us into the final roller coaster dip of the episode I thought it was great
0: Well one would assume that television and film would be a part of studying human history because as we know Enoch started off as a archaeologist Chronicom. He was supposed to mm-hmm. be observing humanity. So for him to take the line, because let's assume he saw the film. He saw Terminator 2.
2: Original Terminator.
0: Well, and original Terminator. Let's say he saw a, a, either one of them or both. This is not the Enoch that we know. This is an Enoch who decided several years ago, wow, I'm just a piece of hardware to these people. Because... He's giving no facts whatsoever. I'm here to rescue you, but, you know, you guys did leave me. Yeah. You stranded me. And he says it several times yeah. in this episode. Yeah, total screwdriver syndrome. There's and no I love the fact that the, the character in just an episode for us, but, you know, 40 years for him, I love how a character can immediately change. There's a reason for that change, and we don't have to talk about the change.
2: And we not even witness it. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it's showcased wonderfully. Again, the, the the thought that goes into not only telling the actor to act appropriately, but then lines like this and then the subsequent activities of that character mm. inside this episode. It's just, it's brilliant. <laughs> Jumping to 1976. Wow. 1976. I'm six years old. And I was trying to remember the things from then and beyond that flag that showcased here, you don't. I mean, there's not anything really that's indicative that they show here that would tell you, oh, 1976, gotcha. Right, right. But it's fun to know that we're jumping three years ahead, that we're jumping completely unexpectedly. Just out of the blue, oh my God, we're jumping. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was tremendous. The only way I think it could have been more tremendous was if they'd have left one of the characters that does age appropriately. And we don't know that that's not going to happen in a future jump. True. But, I mean, that's the only way that more peril could be imparted inside this. And I thought that this was a, a, a wonderful showcase to know that you are on the cusp of very, very bad things happening, and you are front and center. I love that.
0: And the fact that even though the Chronicoms have helped Hydra move up their timetable by 40 years... It's interesting to see that they're no longer playing by the rules anymore. Right,
2: out the window, completely. Right. Yeah, because you, you,
0: yeah, yeah. they were a villain that followed a set of rules, and that's why you were able to counteract what they were doing. Well, now you have to adapt to the fact that they're not doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. And this episode is a perfect example of our heroes scrambling. I mean, there is not—after they leave the bar, after Malak confronts them, there is not a moment that they know— what's going on and they're trying to piece things together they're trying to keep things under under control it's like no 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 it's okay we've got this it's all right we're thrown for a loop no we got no you don't you don't none of you have any of this and the only person to be able to call them out on it is Sousa, because he's watching this he is the outside observer because this is this is his first trip with this wacky crew. Right. Well,
2: and he also doesn't have any perspective. Right. The only, no perspective. No the only perspective, the, the only perspective he has is the much more deductible reasoning. Just the facts,
0: ma'am. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And and it's so much fun to watch that happen. You're you're absolutely right there. And it is a piece of his character that, it, it, again, it's that it, it's what we talked about a couple of episodes where there's an integrity check, but it's not just an integrity check that makes him different. There's something else also. Mm. And it is that de- that default back to deductive reasoning to try and propel what he thinks needs to go and happen forward. And I think that that's very effective. Gemma confides in Enoch and is escorted to...
0: Wow. And we don't know.
2: Yeah. This is tremendous. Yeah. Oh. E- Enoch, e- Enoch knows e-
0: what's going on. <laughs>
2: yeah. And we'll walk but we over... don't. <laughs> yeah. And we'll walk over this... Oh. And then a complete tangent inside the storyline ensues. And this is tremendous. I, again, I love the roller coaster ride. And I love the roller coaster ride, especially when it contains all kinds of satisfying elements. But I have no idea where it's going to take us.
0: Juggling all of these side plots is what bogs down most shows, period. Oh, movies, too. Yeah, yeah. If, the, the depending instant- on how much you have to juggle. If you're not a great juggler when it comes to writing it and then putting it actually together, because we all know what's on the written page usually does not end up being the final product. Mm -hmm. It's a version, but it's never the final product. And to see this show, especially for its final season, juggling all of these subplots and keeping them all interesting, while we're we're in the middle of the subplot with May not having any emotion unless she's in contact with somebody. Oh, Simmons has got a a glowy red bump in her back, uh, the back of her head and and then we've got we've got everything going on with the Chronicoms dealing with the the timeline and the fact that the, the timeline and is is skewed now
2: right and that it is skewed and that all of these other elements that weren't even there to begin with are now there and then acting all as their own machinations and gears inside the new system yeah I, you're you're absolutely right in that if the if the vast majority of what's going on here inside this episode were thrown at any other television show at any other feature film or any other streaming movie it would fail. But the mechanics, the character development that they've crafted through the years for all of these characters, and whatever the hell they got planned for this story is a cocoon. Mm-hmm. And I love watching it unfold. Sousa begins reading the riot act. This was very interesting because I thought what we were getting was some sort of splash damage emotionally from May and or what's impacting May or how it's impacting May or something. Mm. There's a piece inside the original Avengers movie where inside the room where Loki's scepter is, everybody's getting animated and the whole thing starts to swirl into this thundercloud. And then the thundercloud turns into this tornado twister tail and lands on the ground and then the ground starts to shake. And suddenly everybody stops and they ask Bruce to put down the scepter. All right. That's exactly what happens inside this scene. And it is magic. I absolutely love it because I was waiting for the, I was waiting for the, Bruce, would you mind putting down Lucky Scepter moment? (laughs) That's what I was waiting for inside this scene. It was tremendous. It was incredibly powerful. And it's so short. There's nothing to see here at all. But it had that same volatility that you knew something was growing, but you're not entirely sure what's growing. I really enjoyed that here.
0: And the and the great thing about it is, is that unlike the scene from the Avengers, there's no mystical infinity stone affecting everybody. Yeah. This is a man who is fed up with not understanding what the hell he's gotten himself into. Yeah. Or what to do.
2: Right. You know what? Uh, he was able to get himself a new suit. Thus ends the listing of accomplishments of Agent Sousa in the 1970s. <laughs> That's right, it. Yeah. He doesn't know what to do. He looks at a situation where he sees this tiny computer that can't possibly be doing what it needs to be doing, (laughs) except that what the hell is he going to do if there was another computer there? He doesn't have the skill set. Yeah. And I I love that he's able to showcase that he's a man completely out of time. And what the hell am I going to do? And and you get to that point where you get that off of his character inside of this. Mm. It's really well done. Pretty cavalier about leaving the confines of the Zephalorians. Knowing that instant, unexpected time jumps might happen, boy, leaving the Zephlorian at this po- at this point. I mean, I get it. You gotta, because you want to stop Insight from launching. Sure, I get it. But man, uh, imagine if five of the team members had just left for another fifteen-year jump.
0: Yeah, I feel like there was a part of this episode that was cut for time, because before their I'll jump, agree with that. because before their I'll jump to uh, to nineteen seventy-six. Sousa is the one that alerts them to the fact that the clock is changing. Mm. We've never established in the show that they can predict the jumps. Because it was always supposed to be happening by random. And it looked as if there wasn't going to be another uh, jump.
2: You're right. You're right. There was the tone. The tone would happen and then a clock would appear with whatever the Right. And this time it looked like they
0: had a very large window, then the Chronicom starts screwing one, things, and yeah. then oh, 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 yeah! In thirty seconds, we're we're leaving. So I, I feel like there might have been like a deleted scene that Gemma mm. says, you know, well, well now we've uh, got this nice little device that can can at least predict when yeah. the possible next yeah. look at the be. flux
2: capacitor that allows uh, yeah, us something to block. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. And and I, agree. I feel
0: that's probably why they weren't that worried about leaving because. They knew that they had all the time that they needed.
2: Yeah, I'll agree with that. And again, what I love here is that the the pace of this episode is instantly dialed up when you know that they're leaving. The, they're leaving the Zephlorian. Mm. What's going to happen if another unexpected time jump happens? What is going to happen? And they leave that lingering for bringing in Malik diverts the timeline again. This is again brilliant. I love being taken on a story where I have no idea where it's going. And at this point in the episode, the gloves have come off. You have no idea at all where the story is going to take you. Uh, All of the expectations of the future completely go out the window, except that I happen to have a DVD and a series of DVDs that are the feature films that happen after this movie inside of the MCU timeline. Except that they don't mean anything right now. Right. At all. And I love that, that. That sense of... Complete believability in the impossible here is a very hard portrait to paint, hmm. but they've painted it expertly inside this episode.
0: It's all you can do. You, you have to grasp at the things that you think that you can affect. If Malik is supposed to be dead, well, you take him out of the time. you They're essentially going to do what they did with Susa. It's like, we're just going to take him. Well, what are we going to do with him when we do that? We'll figure that out later. Yeah. But right now, the most important thing is getting him out of the equation. Okay, but is that the most important thing? There's probably a list of things they could have been doing, but with limited amount of time and limited resources, because even though the Zephalorian is very high tech, high tech doesn't really go with the low tech of the 70s. So you're still limited. You can travel through time, but guess what? You're not going to be able to access their stuff remotely because that still doesn't exist yet. You have to have you have to be hardwired in, as we saw with Daisy doing her doing her little Daisy thing, and the fact that they're grasping at straws on what to do. It's like grab Malik, destroy the launch, boom, that's it. That's what we got to do. Was it a hail Mary play? Probably because they didn't really have enough time to actually think. What could we possibly do to impact this moment in history to make the waves that have been coming and crashing upon the shore less impactful? And does not really go the way that they hoped?
2: Leverage and another future alteration and revealing their position.
0: Desperate uh, times call for desperate measures.
2: They do, and it pays off wonderfully. And it's so incredibly real. It does not get more real than the, the, the little instances of what we've got shared inside the last eight or eight or ten minutes of this episode. Because you think you know where it's going. And you can even see it in front of you. You have these wonderfully crafted outfits that L.M. Colson and May are wearing, blending in to the populace from... I, I'm telling you, those suits that they made... They are rips right from what they look like inside the comic books back then in the 1970s.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: They're spectacular. The only thing more spectacular is when more of them show up. And you can see every single one of them have an exquisite soldier guard of shield outfit on. It is wonderful. Those those are all incredibly crafted well. And then you've got the story bounce between Ellen Coulson and May, to and fro, wondering what's going to happen with that. Ellen, you can hear the, the, the waver in L.M. Coulson's voice that he wishes that he was real and that they could have some sort of connection and a chemistry. And I, I, it actually felt like L.M. Coulson felt like that he wished that she could feel what he's feeling. Mm. And that's tremendous to be able to see that from the very short dialogue that they have, but their body language and then the dialogue that is shared, all of that is conveyed there. That's, that's expert level storytelling as well as acting inside of a very short window of, of time that we're talking about here. Right. Because I think the, the inside, the baseness is maybe three and a half, four minutes total. It's not very long.
0: No. And, well, we keep on cutting back and forth to all of our other players.
2: Right, right, right. And, and at least one commercial break as well that amps up the tension again. I, I, I loved everything that was inside this episode, including the machinations of breaks that were used inside of this, because the breaks inside of this just ample that up. mm Um, That and I haven't had to worry about seeing a trailer where I see, oh, hey, look, Enoch's back with the team next week. All of that makes this incredibly fun to sit and watch and not know what the hell is going on. Uh, I I love that, that, that tempo that is allowed by not knowing what's going on. And so those of you that dig into spoilers and must know every single thing about insert whatever. Imagine if you knew nothing and where you'd be inside this season, especially of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and that's where I am right now, and that's why the storytelling, I think, is so incredibly effective and impactful. Hacking into the system and Sousa's admission to Daisy. Uh, this is another incredibly well-crafted scene where you can see another layer of the onion being peeled back from Susa as he just, he literally admits to Daisy everything that's going on inside of his mind. And It's refreshing. Hmm. It it feels like a piece that maybe he was able to take from Peggy that that helped him understand how he needs to be sharing how he's feeling. Frankly, what it reminds me a lot of is dealing with um, Captain Christy Giuseppe over in the WhatCopsWatch.com podcast because he always talks about how cops always need to be able to share their feelings and tell people what they're feeling because if they don't, they'll probably end up on television.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah
2: it's 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 where there, there needs to be a safety valve and a mechanism for them to release some of the feelings and knowledge and stories and, you know, just, just to be human. And it feels like perhaps Peggy was able to instill that into Sousa. And so Sousa is using the nearest analog, in this case, a woman, who happens to also be a super-powered woman who's part of this future time traveler team. And I loved it. I loved all of it, and Daisy doesn't do shit. She's looking. She's got her face shoved in a computer screen the whole time. Yeah, she says maybe five or six words out of the whole thing, and it totally gives Sousa the platform to act, and 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 to to have this soliloquy that that Daisy is listening to on the periphery, but that we are instantly listening to and witnessing, and I really appreciated that.
0: Uh, the the insight of Sousa's relationship with Peggy is in my mind spot on because any man from that time period would not open up to a woman i agree with that period yeah but Sousa has worked with peggy which has shown him well okay not all dames he's, are are, are you know nice and fragile right
2: he's had the soup right Isn't that funny that this scene might even take us back into the title of this episode where I chart in the milk. What what exactly does that mean? Let's go back to the definition again real quick. The meaning is that although you did not see the dairy farmer do it, he most probably dipped the milk pail in the stream to water down the product. It's not direct evidence, but a very strong circumstantial case. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Well, here we are digging into how exactly Sousa got his abilities to share his feelings and to somehow
0: decompress. So... So is Peggy the trout or the milk?
2: Uh, you, you can figure it either way. But uh, again, what I love is that, one, they're willing to show something like that. Because, again, as you said, somebody a man walking around in the 1950s, uh, not so much. Sousa, however, after having dealt with Peggy Carter for in a certain number of years, mm-hmm. he's armed with the knowledge that being able to decompress will help him grow as an agent, but also keep some very cogent thought that you absolutely need in a situation like this. You're gonna need a bigger computer. <laughs> this was another piece of the repartee between Daisy and Sousa in the alley hacking hacking the planet that I really enjoyed because it, it was fun and the pacing and the the heartfeltness allowed me to completely skip That we're taking a computer from 2020 slash 2023, whatever the hell we've got, and trying to pipe it in through a 1976 computer system. Because, I don't know about you, I have every cable probably ever known to man on the wall behind you and I. You know what cable I don't have? The magic cable that would allow me to take any of these computer systems and jack them into a 1976 interface.
0: Mike, are you an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D.?
2: Oh, that's right.
0: Did, did you get your equipment off of the Zephylorian? No. No, All I right. did not. All right. Then, then, then shut your pie hole.
2: Shutting pie hole, sir. What is May's area of effect?
0: Whatever the script says
2: it is. (laughs) That's what it feels like. Uh, Yeah, I mean... (laughs) Let's have her walk down a busy street until she actually thuds into somebody. Nothing
0: impacts her, and she's good to go. Yeah, it's like, I have to touch somebody to feel something, and then this this moment we get, I had a feeling, but I definitely got confirmation when I touched him. Okay, well then that means that the power... Maybe her powers are evolving. We're not saying that, but... Maybe they are. Maybe eventually she won't have to actually touch somebody to feel what they're feeling. Mm.
2: I, I, I guess the evolution of the powers is something we could throw this at. I, I, I guess that'll work. I, I, I have to be honest, I didn't care. It, it doesn't really make any difference, but there were a couple of times inside this episode, I'm like, okay, wouldn't she be falling to the ground in fear or be anxious or something at this point because of her proximity right, to somebody? Right,
0: she wasn't getting drunk off of people by standing next to them. She was bumping into people. Right. And she got... Mind drunk. Soused. Yeah, so... Mind soused. uh, Yeah, I mean, evolution of powers. That's probably the easiest. Let's throw it in
2: the evolution of powers category. Fine. Oh, shit. Daisy and Sousa are hit with an energy weapon by another Malak.
0: How about them apples? This was the thing that that took me by surprise, because I'm like, well, for one thing, it looks like an oversized night-night gun. I mean, essentially, it does. It looked like they were hit with with the night night knockout it, beam. What it looked like
2: was an evolution of the hydro weapons that are featured in the first Avenger. Hmm. That's what hmm. it looked like to me. And then the 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 way that it worked was very similar to that as well. Yeah. Nothing good, everybody. In case you weren't you weren't already on board.
0: That they've got propelled energy weapons inside of 1976 oh, yeah, that's is bad. not good. That's bad news. But then now, with Nathan Malick, who was nobody because he was dead in the original <laughs> timeline, and now, now you know, when we see him earlier in the episode, no, he's that, like... That whole
2: dead thing, it's overrated. Right.
0: He's, he's like this milksop. It's like... He's he's nobody. He's the he's the good kid. He's the 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 wishy washy one.
2: <laughs> the good kid that goes and shoots agents. Broling. Well,
0: well, he sees Daisy use her powers, and then they you know they jump ahead three years, and now here he is. He's wearing the leather jacket. He's, <laughs> his hair's a little bit more disheveled. It's like, hey, I watched Easy Rider, and I get it, man. <laughs> and and he comes uh, he comes in guns blazing, takes taking them both out, and I'm like. Well who who the hell is this guy to be able to do this? And I, I have a feeling that now that Nathaniel Malik is a part of the timeline, he's going to be just as much of a threat as not only his father,
1: but his
2: brother. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. and again, I, I love the the only way that evil powers can be better evil powers is if you make more of them. <laughs> right. and that's exactly what's happened here and it's not an accidental circumstance this is something where it, it is a planned thing that the chronicoms have put into place and it's now squarely impacting not only the agents of shield team but the future deke shoots freddy i guess if you got him squared up and everything's falling apart well fine kabam and he does he outright murders Freddy right in front of everybody. And I was surprised. I was totally surprised. This is another one of those jerks to the left into the embankment because you don't know what's coming. And I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. The only thing I love more is Deke's facial expression where he just kind of goes, what? Mm, I don't know. Huh. Everything. Status everything, quo. It's a bit, It's even better than that because it's not status quo. It's what do we got to lose? Everything he, is sideways. To be dead. Right. Everything is sideways. Uh, so many changes have been made that we probably, they probably can't deduce exactly what's changed, how it's changed, who's dead, who's not, who's, who's, who's been killed on that list. They don't know. They know that the list exists. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, again, I love the, the X factor. Now that they're, they're willing to literally pull the trigger to make the timeline change and kind of just forget about the the repercussions of potential timeline change. I like that, that it's going out the window. It's very, very interesting. Yo-Yo sees the plan. This was great, too. Anything that amps up tension where Yo-Yo unveils the, the triple bonded folded envelope and you can see her facial expression go from small to big. And, oh, my God, and everything will happen right after this commercial break. <laughs> I loved it. It was great. It was
0: terribly inappropriately put. If you if you put the pieces together, because this is the Chronicom's plan, uh, they, they basically kind of said, it's like, oh, okay, so seeing you, Wilfred, act the way that you did when one of your family members was threatened gave us an idea. We understand humans a little bit better now. For me, I was like, okay, so somebody's relative somebody's ancestor something's wrong something's somebody has been grabbed but we have so many characters it could have literally been anybody so i knew it had to be somebody's like parents or grandparents or something like that i had no idea where they were going to take it though mac's
2: parents are held hostage they have to be killed and this is brilliant. Yep,
0: yeah, yep, yeah, they have they, to yeah, they have to die. Sorry, Mac. This
2: whole little twisty turny roller coaster bit that's put into the inside of this other little twisty turny roller coaster bit. I love this. This is absolutely brilliant. The only thing that was missing. It almost had me. It almost had me. I almost cried because Mac was going to cry. <laughs> this is the only large black man that can make me cry. There he is. Yeah. And he yeah. almost did it again. And I know that's when the show's got me. The show has got me. The stories got me. The characters have me. The, the nostalgia bomb of time travel inside of beloved areas of awesome has me. They've got me, Nick. They've got me. Help me.
0: Mac pulls the plug on the plan, but not immediately. That's the thing that got yes. me. Yes. You can see... I, I agree with you. There is there is a moment where he realizes, those are my parents. If the plan goes down, they will die, they will be drowned, and I might not exist anymore. But the severity of destroying that satellite... I mean, that, that if we don't destroy the satellite, if the mission does not succeed, the world's over. Because there will be no Avengers. There will be no... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. generation, whatever it would be. And there's those those few moments where he's staring at the screen and you can you can tell he is weighing the option. He's not taking a lot of time, but there was at least a couple of seconds where he considered, can I do this? And it's Mac, so of course, no, I can't do this. There's got to be another way. Abort mission.
2: Yeah, this was super engaging. What I also love was that I I was not on board the whole, well, he'll figure out another way. I just figured, well, I'm not going to kill my parents, sorry. Right. And that's why I thought it was even more devastating. I'm like, oh my God, did he just do that? And during the span of time where you have to doubt what's going on, you then see that there's an alternative plan.
0: It's still a bad plan because position has been given away, now you're kind of screwed because the Chronicoms will know exactly where you are.
2: Right, right. Which leans directly, though, into what they were talking about, about giving away the position, Mm -hmm. which, okay, that's fine. No problem. And what I also loved here was... Mac makes the call to destroy the rocket and kill the satellite launch with missiles. Now, this is brilliant, and something that was brought up inside of a variety of different wonderful fighter pilot evoked YouTube videos that I'll make sure that I send over to Nick so we can link them up. But it's essentially, for those of you that think airplanes can twist and turn and juke out of the way of missiles, they can't. (laughs) Missiles are typically going three to five times faster than the speed of sound. So they will be able to catch this, especially just launched rocket, pretty quick. Right, they right. they're, they're gonna catch up to it. So it can be destroyed. So especially since
0: it's only going in one direction, too.
3: Up. Right.
2: Yeah, it's not juking around in right. the l- There's no there there are no shafts or flares inside of the rocket. Right. So anyway, I was glad that they, they added a little bit of realism into what was an incredibly early technical launch. But I thought it was really, really well done here. And it leans directly into the Chronicom plan, i.e. you've now told everybody, including us, where you are. And the jig is up, man. Yep. This is it. The jig they is can't up. can't hide anymore. Getting Whitehall's instructions. Holy full circle.
0: Yeah. Now now, all of a sudden, now we've got a character from season two. Two,
2: dude. Season two character. I mean, even, even though we've not seen pe-
0: him, but we're, we've got the name drop. Yeah.
2: Squarely presented here so that, again, you get that... that Delicious, full circle tendril back to the past, back to incredibly bad things <laughs> yes. that mean nothing good for anybody, that are talked about as a matter of course of this character. This is not just a an accidental boy. I sure hope this works. This is a going and pulling a card out of a deck that should have never been tapped, and it just it, it the stinger here just amps the level of everything to twenty on the on the scale of what we're looking at here it is a tremendous end it's a nothing burger in regard to watching it but does it need to be anything more than a nothing burger to watch it to hear the words coming out of his mouth zowie again with the musical interlude time appropriate at the end of this episode Wow. Uh,
0: I got a kick out of this one. I did. And I got a kick I out of this I totally
2: one. got a kick out of this. I wanted to find my army men and start playing some army men. This was great.
0: It was like something out of a uh, $6 million man. Yeah.
2: It was something out of the end of a, a, an evil an evil Knievel toy commercial. It was yeah. great. And again, my total kudos to the creative staff that could have just as easily used the same music that they've been using for seven years on this program. And. Nobody would have cared. It wouldn't have made any damn difference. But this does make a difference and I want to make sure that everybody knows not only that it was used cuz you might have just turned the episode off after it was done and the stinger ends and snaps to black or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And if you did, go back because you are totally missing
0: out on an outstanding song done in the appropriate time. It's the exact same it's the exact same music only done with a 70s groove yeah
2: it's 70s fied yeah and it it is it is brilliant i i hope that eventually if there is a a final season soundtrack i'm telling you i i would instantly buy it i would buy the download i would buy the physical cd of it because this is the kind of thing that you want in in perpetuity to remember this show and the the love and the detail that went into it because it all just shows wonderfully here We're running super long during this episode of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, our review of Season 7, Episode 5, A Trout in the Milk. We will be right back.
3: Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can, with perpetual advertising. Here's how it works. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort right now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. Make your podcast soar with the
0: editor core. The one question every podcaster needs to ask themselves is why am I still editing my own podcast? We all know that editing your own podcast is the worst part of the podcast experience. Get the editing off your plate and reclaim more time to make more content with the Editor Core. Affordable, talented, experienced podcast editors are ready to take your podcast literally to the next level to make it soar. Make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. Thought about a
1: career in voiceover?
2: everyone, welcome back to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, a complete, detailed, and always educational review of each and every episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC and Hulu streaming, this time Season 7, the final season, Episode 5, A Trout in the Milk. Every time we come back from break, it's time for Nick and I to open up our S.H.I.E.L.D. dossiers. The S.H.I.E.L.D. Dossiers is where Nick and I notice either an actor's portrayal, a storytelling element, this way or that, or something else inside the episode that tripped our collective review night. Fantastic. Nick, what have you got?
0: My S.H.I.E.L.D. dossier for this episode has got to be not knowing where the hell we're going. How about that? I love hearing you say those words, dude. The first four episodes of this show... Follow the formula of ripples, not waves. I'm like, I love that rule. Fine, because there's a lot of wiggle room in that that rule, but it's a rule. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? Episode 5, fuck your rules. (laughs) Totally. And you have no idea what to expect. And for somebody who has been watching this show from the beginning, from somebody who's been reviewing this show for seasons now, and for somebody who can... See the matrix when it comes to storytelling, not knowing where we're going with this show now excites me, but also scares me because I don't know what to expect for these last seven or eight episodes. And I don't know how to deal with that right now, but I love the excitement that it brings to being able to wait And when when it drops on Hulu Thursday morning, I'm like, all right, let's do this and have no idea what to expect. And that is my shield dossier. I want to add on to Nick's shield dossier
2: as well. For those of you, I want all of you, at least if you're alive, haha, (laughs) to go back to the middle year of 1991. You've just left the theater from James Cameron's Terminator 2. And if you can remember what Sarah Connor told everybody as that film was ending, we are on a dark highway at night, not knowing what the future holds. And that's exactly what's going on here. You, me, nobody else has any idea at all what is coming. You can't. There's no way. You might be able to accidentally guess, but you have no idea. Right. But I love it. I love the total X factor of not knowing anything about what's going to happen in the next episode. So that, like you just said, you sit down on Thursday morning after it's been released on Hulu and you sit and you get to marvel at more awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think my shield dossier inside this episode has got to be Agent Sousa. I had alluded to his greatness and again, that addendum item on to integrity that we've already detected and recognized and talked about a couple of times inside of the show, both inside this episode and the previous episode. But there's something else cooking. Mm. And the title on the package that I see being unfurled is Sousa. Yeah. And I love it. I, I love that I was already enamored with this character when it ended with kind of the travesty that was the end of Agent Carter season two. Yeah. But there's something cooking with Sousa And I can't wait to see what they're going to reveal for us as this program unfolds because they've got me with that character inside this season. He is he is a throwback, but he is an educated throwback, where it's not it's not the Agent Sharp from the second episode of the season. Right. It's not any of the the stodgy, incredibly stiff suits that were showcased inside of the the one shot for Peggy Carter that was featured inside of one of, the, one of the previous films. Right, yeah, yeah. He is not one of those guys and never has been. Yeah. And it's fun to see the evolution that they're presenting with him, for him, in his future legacy here inside of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think it's incredibly well done, and again, I can't wait to see where it goes. And that's where we ask you guys, what was your S.H.I.E.L.D. dossier inside this episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the seventh season, the final season, episode five, A Trout in the Milk? Let us know what you think by going over to our website, that's agentsofshield.tv, fill out the quick web form, and tell us more about what you're thinking inside this episode. Ah, the rating inside this episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., detailing what's going on inside of season seven episode five a trout in the milk the scale works thusly 10 is on top of the heap a tie-dyed rainbow conversion van ready to roll complete with green shag carpeting inside groovy a one is on the other side of the scale strutting down the street in your bell-bottom pants and ripped to the crotch
0: not groovy.
2: Everything starts at a seven as an average. The numbers go up with positives, the numbers go down with negatives, and Nick. There are no habsies. Nick, what do
0: you got? We have been pushing back the ten ratings all season long. <laughs> and when I say all season long, it's, it's only been the five, whole episodes five episodes. Because we believe something bigger is coming. And we don't want to just throw tens willy nilly <laughs> and then something totally awesome happens and then we're screwed yeah yeah in that vein of thinking i have to rate this episode a nine simply because i feel like whatever is coming next and i mean next the next <laughs> episode has got to be it's got to be mind-blowing with that in mind Having, knowing, feeling in my gut that the next episode is just going to be awe-inspiring, I have to, I have to refrain myself and only give this episode a nine. But I tell you what, Mike, from this moment on, I'm no longer holding back. Oh, good. I'm letting you know if I feel <laughs> like it's a ten episode, I'm giving it a ten. Fine, I understand.
2: I, I think for this episode, with all the positives, the rating here is clear. It's a thirty. but that doesn't fit wilkerson your
0: your scale doesn't go that high i too
2: am going to join nick in the being reserved but only for this episode and then no longer (laughs) patronage parade (laughs) and give this episode a nine also Uh, again i too feel that not only was this an above average episode Mm -hmm. knowing if you are at all a fan of this show Knowing the twists and turns that this episode made, the steps and lunges off the gas pedal featured inside this episode are a bit of brilliance, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, so, somewhere, again, inside of the past writer's room, I would have killed any one of the Malik's to be inside of the writer's room <laughs> to, to, to sit and behold what was the, the idea generation for what we're witnessing here inside this season. I would love to know where they just go. You know what? What if we just don't kill any of the Maliks, and everybody does exactly what you're doing, which is kind of the their eyes, kind of their eyebrows, kind of go up in their head, and they all start nodding and looking at each other. Go, hmm, why don't we try that? And they do it. <laughs> and I love that. I, I love that. It's not even the gloves have come off there. It's like they're they're just hey these uh, these hands are very interesting to write with. Let's try different hands, okay? And they do it. And it pays off wonderfully here because of the, the skill sets and the panache. They've got to write all of these characters to infuse it with a new character, or a couple of new characters, because for those that have forgotten, Enoch hasn't been around all that long at all. Mm-hmm. So you've got Enoch, you've got Susa, um, and really Yo-Yo has not really been around all that long either inside the team. And so, uh, again, you've got that, that, that peppered momentum, writing with completely different ideals of anything that's really been presented. I love being in the seats of the first row of what's going on on this stage. And that's where we ask you guys, what did you rate this episode? Season 7, the final season. Episode 5, a trout in the milk. Let us know what you think by going over to our website over at agentsofshield.tv. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you thought about this episode. Until next time, I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.
1: We're thankful you were able to review this covert communication. Reviewing the most recent episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a chronicle of the stories and soon-to-be legends on ABC. Be sure to tune in to our ongoing top-secret communication with agents all over the globe via our Facebook presence immediately. Facebook.com forward slash shield podcast to be the first to be made aware of Agents of Shield news, the arrival of our newest reviews and more. The Agents of Shield podcast, a super show for fans of superheroes. Uncover the mysteries, critical information and reviews now by accessing agentsofshield.tv. That's agentsofshield.tv. End. This top secret, two guys talking, communication.
0: That's a nice segue by the
2: way. I know. Oh gosh, you're so brilliant. Remember Remember my brilliance. Oh, that's right, sorry. Why are we whispering? I don't, I don't either. All right, Nick, enough of housekeeping.
0: (laughs) I'm done with your housekeeping. Oh, good. Let's blast off into the 70s, man.
2: I was just thinking of some colloquialism to to shuttle us off. (laughs) You've been able to flummox the host. Great work. (laughs) Great work.